Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Now to Trey Betty, brought to you by Asher Record Service, 501-562-2293, family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Wrecker, dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys. It has already been announced that the baseball game that was scheduled for tomorrow evening between Arkansas, Arkansas State has been canceled due to uh, inclement weather expected there in northwest Arkansas. Trey, do you know what is expected in your area tomorrow in terms of weather? I don't. I didn't know it was uh, anything out of the ordinary. I do have an app on my phone. It says it may just be heavy rain. Yeah, it looks like rain. It says thunderstorms, and this is around yeah eleven to yeah on through the evening. So well, yeah, it's calling for rain. I'm not sure how much. Uh, practice is scheduled for tomorrow. That is yeah. at approximately three forty. So I that will be inside. So Mother yes. Nature would not stop that. Now, when when uh, you have conditions like that, does that prohibit the media from their observation period? No, no, we still get the same. I mean, it's it's obviously nicer to be a little more spread out and have two fields and everything versus being inside, but it, nothing has been any different from the amount of time that we've uh, been able to observe in practice. And uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to observe anything on Saturday when they had their 150-somewhat, <laughs> some-odd play uh, scrimmage, haven't haven't even been told anything about what happened in the scrimmage. So um, we should uh, find out, obviously, more on that tomorrow, But uh, and then hopefully we'll get some more access to this Saturday scrimmage. And another scrimmage is this Saturday? Am I learning something now? Yeah, should should scrimmage this Saturday, and then um, the red-white game on April 15th. And April 15th should be a pretty good weekend um, because you have Tennessee in town, uh, for a series on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Ooh. you get the red-white game. I think the Tennessee game is at like 6 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, so that gives you plenty of time to go to the red-white game, uh, get some late lunch, and uh, then uh, pop over to Baum and, and watch Tennessee games. So it could be a really fun weekend. Trey, is that the norm across the SEC when they have a scrimmage like that and, and the media is totally blacked out? Arkansas gives us more access than most teams get. Okay. I will say that. Uh, you know, I feel like we had a little bit more access last spring in terms of I felt like we were getting, like, full practices last spring. And this this spring we're getting, uh, you know, more like about an hour, uh, which is still a pretty substantial amount of time to, to observe, and especially when we have so many newcomers. Uh, so we've gotten, you know, I don't I don't know of any school in the SEC that's, getting the kind of media access we have now they do ask us not to report injury information uh, so that's the one angle but uh yeah if we said we were going to report injury information anyway then we probably wouldn't have any access so um i do appreciate them giving us some access to to be able to observe and report to you guys well that's what i wanted here i wanted to know how it compared to the rest of the sec and that's nice to hear yeah well, arkansas has always been a good bit more open than, than most teams in the SEC. It really started, I feel like the, the kind of clamp down on that 
really started in the probably early 2000s across the SEC. At that time, man, up until 2006 or so, Houston Nutt was still opening practices completely. And then there was a there was a one year period where they didn't let the media in, but they let in um, some boosters and selected people that they would invite in. Well, more stuff got out. just as much stuff including injury information got out then and then they switched it the next year and started letting media back in and then when Bobby Petrino came we would have you know a good bit of openness and and Bobby opened up the entirety of spring there wasn't a moment of spring football during those years that we didn't get to watch Um, and you know we even had open practices until Nile Davis got hurt Mm -hmm. in practice one year and um, Petrino got ticked off at the media when the media wasn't the people that were reporting. It was there was a ton of it was an open practice. There were fans there in the stands in the stadium. They were all posting it and, and putting it out there. Um, yeah, I, I think he was kind of looking for a reason to to shut things down, and, and he found it with that. <laughs> all right, Dre, you had a uh, article. Arkansas offensive line continues with new combinations. It seems like, though, at each position, uh, Manuel, as an, Devon Manuel, as an example, it looks like he has taken control of the left tackle spot. Control? Yeah, that's a strong word. Well, when you're when you're saying uh, out of the seven practices, he has been in that position for the seven. Would that not be in control? I would think seven of seven. <laughs> oh, well, I'll use my terminology, and you can use your terminology, okay? okay? Okay. So I will not use that observation except for the center position where Bo Limmer has yes. total control there. Bo Limmer, Bo Limmer has asserted himself as the starting center. There is no question about that. He is seven for seven. Um uh, well, six for six. I think we had uh, six open practices. I left out the third practice because there wasn't uh, there wasn't any availability. But Bo Limmer has been six of six, and now Brady Latham has been in control of starting somewhere. <laughs> he's he's the only guy. Him and Limmer are the only guys who have started every single practice that's been open so far. Uh, so I think it's a pretty safe bet that those two guys will continue to start. Um, Manuel might have the edge at left tackle. I still think that there's a strong possibility we could see Brady Latham at left tackle. Latham has worked uh, left guard, left tackle, and right tackle so far. And I think the only reason he ha- – and he does – he snaps before practice, but he hasn't done any in, in, in games. And I think that's just because Lemmer – has that spot locked down. I kind of feel like we could maybe see Patrick Kudis eventually uh, get a role as maybe a backup center. Uh, I still think, you know, if Kudis, if Latham starts at left tackle, then I think Kudis will end up being your starting left guard. I think that's really how it could shake out. I'm really interested to see because I don't, I could not tell you right now what the starting five offensive line is going to be day one because they have mixed it up so much and, I really, I, I mean, I could tell you the group. I could tell you the, the group of guys that um, that are going to battle for that. It's uh, Devon Manuel, Brady Latham, Bo Lemmer, uh, Takias Crawford, Joshua Braun, um, uh, Andrew Chambly, uh, Marion Harris, and did I say Kutis? Yes. 
Yeah, I would say there is probably like eight guys right now that I would say are in the mix challenging to, to start. I'm almost afraid to make this observation because I might get my hand slapped. But it does seem like you've got certain players who are only working on the right side or the left side. So in some regards, yeah. that is kind of helping differentiate who might be starting, whether it be on the right yes. or the left side. Seems like Kudis has only been on the left side. He, he also did some backup center one day. Uh, it seems like Braun has just been on the right side. Correct. He's been Crawford, uh, only starting the right, right side. guard. He was starting right tackle one day. Crawford, they definitely seem to like him on the right side. Uh, Marion Harris, has he worked any left tackle? I can't remember nope. if I wrote him down for left nope. tackle. So he is so yeah, it's that's kind of interesting. That might be a good question for Sam tomorrow why you're um, you know, playing musical chairs so much, but really Latham, and that was just one day, is the only guy who has gone from the left side to the right side. And only did it one time. Why is that? Usually the right side, you know, you think of a little bit bigger guy, a little more run dominant uh, on the right side, left side. You know, you want guys that are maybe a little bit more nimble, uh, pass blockers, obviously protecting the quarterback's blind side. Uh, so that's maybe something that's that's weighing into that. Uh, maybe it's just a just a, a difference of one guy's more of a mauler and one guy's a little more nimble. Actually, I need to revise my number on left tackle. Manuel is in control four out of the six times. Yeah, four out of six. Yeah, yeah that's not, a little closer to control. Not four it? out of seven, but uh, yeah, yeah, four out of six. So I think that is really in control. Let's talk with Savage. Savage, <laughs> good afternoon. You have a question or comment for Trey? Yes, sir. How you doing? How y'all doing, guys? Doing great, buddy. How about you? Oh, doing good. None of the circumstances. You Absolutely. Know you know. Yeah. But uh, we got to get you know, got to talk about sports. You know, it brings a little bit of brighten everybody's day up. You know, to talk about Absolutely. something. Absolutely. You know, Trey, looking at this offense that's coming up, we know what the the previous offensive coordinator did. I mean. Are we going to see some more passes over the middle, some screens, running backs involved? What's Enos going to bring to the table as far as it's going to be completely different than the, you know, what we did last year? don't remember exactly what the breakdown was for passes over the middle. I don't recall seeing it a whole, whole lot. Uh, I, don't, I, I couldn't tell you if he's going to pass it over the middle a lot, to be honest. Uh, um, right, because in years past, you either you went to Burks, and then land everything was either on the outside. We've never seen a whole mm-hmm. lot of, you know, exploiting the middle against, the, you know, some of these teams, you know, using our offense. We've got some explosive players, you know, especially in the run of that, you know. So, what's he, I mean, is he going to bring anything as far as screen passes, uh, anything over the middle, you think? And I'll get off yeah, the Yeah, I mean, I think that. they'll run screens. Uh, Thank absolutely. you, Savage. I, I know they'll run screens. I mean, I see them in practice running slants and crossing patterns, um, you know. Uh, I see them run deep posts in practice, so it happens. It's not like they're just totally avoiding that, uh, but I couldn't tell you. I, I'm not even sure what the ratio of passes broken down. Randy, that sounds like a stat you might have broken down, kept up with the rest of the season, but I couldn't tell you what the ratio of, you know, of, of different passes in the route tree. I will have that this fall, but I don't have it, obviously, for right now. Um, I'm looking at... Uh, this is the 17th of March, day five depth chart and notes. Then I'm looking at April the 3rd, uh, spring football, day seven notes, depth chart. I noticed there's been a change in the depth chart uh, between Cade Fortin 
from back in the uh, month of March to now the month of April. Jacoby Criswell has now moved into that backup spot. Uh, any other notable changes you can think, Trey, that's come to this depth chart in the differences between practice number five and practice number seven? Hmm. Major change. I mean, aside from the offensive line rotating yeah. so much. Um, you know, Chriswell and, and Fortin have kind of rotated also. I wouldn't say that's like set in stone that Chriswell's moved there. A big change, I would say, from the first couple of practices um, and then ever since then has been Antonio Greer rolling with the first team at, at linebacker. Um, it was Crook and uh, Chris Paul the first couple of practices, and then it was Greer and Chris Paul, and it's been Greer and Chris Paul ever since then. Uh, so that's, I guess, something notable. Defensive line. I, I think I, I I think it's interesting. First of all, that you know we've seen Trajan Jeffcoat with the second team. We've seen him with the third team. Same with John uh, Morgan. I think Jeffcoat. I would be stunned if Jeffcoat doesn't end up starting. Um, you know, I think a lot of what they do with rotating guys around is to make sure that everybody gets an opportunity. Nobody at the end of the day can say, "Well, I just didn't get a chance." You know, um, nobody's going to be able to say that. But also, I think that. You know, they're trying to make sure that players are appeased and don't hop into the transfer portal, which, hmm. by the way, has moved up to April 15th. Um, it's April 15th through May 1st now, so I think the coaches were kind of pushing for that to, to change. So they moved that up earlier. And, um, yeah, I think that's part of it. Uh, is Trajan Jeffcoat going to transfer again? Probably not. I don't know that he even can transfer again. Uh, he's a graduate, but I don't even know if he can. So does that mean – it makes sense for Sam Pittman, Pittman to roll in with the third team and keep some other defensive end happier who could transfer. Maybe. I think that's definitely possible um, and, and probably possible at a lot of different positions. But at the same time, this is, the, this is when you rotate guys around and try to give everybody a different look. I could not tell you right now who's going to be the go-to wide receiver. You know, one day earlier in practice, I thought maybe Tyrone Broden. Another day, Isaac Tesla. Another day, Andrew Armstrong. You know, um, I feel like fall camp last year, I looked at, you know, at Matt Landers after a couple of days and I said, um, you know, this guy, I don't know if he's going to lead him in catches. He's going to lead him in receiving yards. Uh, and I felt pretty good about that at one point. I remember, you know, thinking that, like feeling good about it. I don't feel – you know, we're just in you know spring right now, but I don't feel like somebody's going to emerge as a you know a guy that catches you know 800 plus yards you know and leads the team 900 maybe a thousand. Uh, I, I don't know who that guy is right now. Um, you know, so they've moved guys around here and there. I don't know that anything has been too terribly dramatic, Randy. I mean, aside from and I guess Antonio Greer ascending to the one of the starting linebacker spots, which we expected him to do. I don't know that. You know, you look in the secondary, there's nothing too dramatic going on there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just offensive line. You know, one name, Trey, that you've not talked about, uh, back on the uh, 17th of March, he was at left safety, and then on the 3rd of April, I don't know. That's like I put left safety. That's just where they started out. I'm not even sure. I haven't had a chance to talk to Travis Williams. I'm not sure if they have a, a boundary guy, like a guy's playing boundary, if mm -hmm. he's a strong or, or what they're doing exactly. So I plan to ask that, but I just 
you know, put left safety, right safety. Well, I mean, the only, the only reason why I bring this up is he's right safety on the 3rd of April, but that's Jaden Johnson. I, I don't remember mm-hmm. you talking about Jaden. I've heard some other names you've talked about, but I haven't heard you talk about Jaden Johnson. But apparently he's doing something right because he's still, regardless of whether he's right, left, or boundary, he's still in the what appears to be the starting unit. Yeah, Jaden's got to play better than he did last year. I thought he took a step back. I agree. I don't know if it was weight loss or something, but he's got to play better. When they have had Hudson Clark playing nickel, uh, which they do on occasion, uh, then Jaden Johnson and Malik Chavis have been the two guys that have have started at safety. Uh, Chavis is another guy that's got to get more consistent. He just has to, you know. Um, I don't feel – super comfortable with the safety position right now. I think Hudson Clark is a good enough player. I don't think he's a difference maker at safety. And I don't think that's the case with Jaden Johnson um, or Chavis right now. And so, you know, they take those defensive backs and they put them all in one room together. It's not like a cornerback room and a safety room. And safeties are no longer 6'2", 215 pounds, less they're Al Walcott. And Walcott's going to end up being the starting nickel when he gets back healthy end up taking that job uh, but safeties have leaned out over the years more and more and you know safeties are more six one six two two hundred pounds and what have cornerbacks done you don't see a lot of five nine five ten cornerbacks anymore they've gotten taller i mean mcadoo and dwight mclaughlin are both six two and you know probably getting up there 190 200 pounds well these guys they all look like the same guys now you know, 6'2", 190, 200 or so, those are safeties, those are cornerbacks. And the way Arkansas has operated in the past on defense is those guys are all supposed to know each other's position, be pretty interchangeable and stuff. I think it's going to be real interesting to see when Jaheim Singletary comes and, you know, the transfer portal closes and, we, you know, maybe they add a couple more safeties. I say they need to add two more safeties. They need to add a few more defensive backs. They need like 17 or 18 scholarship defensive backs on the roster, whether it's safety or, you know, corner or whatever. They're all, you know, very similar. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who moves because Pittman indicated that uh, that that's going to happen. It's going to be interesting to see who moves to the safety spots because I think that's going to happen. But at the same time, you need to make sure you have quality depth at cornerback and somebody goes down, you've got somebody that can step in because – that uh, we saw last year that you may think you're deep at a position and, uh, you know, you have a few injuries and suddenly you're not. All right, from our Asher Record Service Company live feed and feedback, Doc says, any chance we can see some more under center snaps, eye formation, or higher frequency if play action passes? Enos and Brandon Allen's best season was full of successful play action passes yeah i think you're going to see play action i don't know that you're going to see an eye formation i mean you'll see something maybe where they have one of those tight ends backed up i mean like luke has is 6'3, 226 you know that's not maybe that's even a little light for an old style eye form fullback uh, you're going to see them line up under center some though which just did not happen a lot under Browse, like maybe a quick snap or, um, you know, when they needed a few inches or something at the goal line or something like that, you might have seen it here and there. But you didn't see it when it was, you know, third and eight, you know, 
second and six. You didn't see them lining up with a quarterback under center, and you're going to see that some this year. Uh, as far as straight-up eye form, probably not. But you'll see some play action stuff too. I mean, uh, you know, you'll continue to see RPO. So, how much Trey have you seen from Rocket Sanders? Uh, he he is the incumbent. I don't see anyone taking his starting job. But how much are you seeing from Rocket? I mean, I've seen him. First, he looks huge. He's two thirty-seven and shredded looking. I mean, his hmm. his arms are huge. I I, I want to see him drop a little bit of weight though we talked about that on the show friday get back down to 227 or so i think that's a good weight for him uh but i've seen every time i've seen him and it's like you know we saw him do a live practice on practice four a live tackle and every time he carried the ball i'm just like Ooh, you know be careful <laughs> but uh rocket's not somebody you got to worry about for next year he's gonna have a nice season i think all right trey we will talk with you tomorrow that is trey biddy of hogsports.com being brought to you by Asher Record Service Company. 